This episode of Disney Countdown is brought to you by Countdown Network. From Christmas to theater to Disney, parenting, and beyond, Countdown Network is your home for the top-ranked countdown podcasts in the world. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and dreamers of all ages, welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. Remain seated, please. Permanecer sentados, por favor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Disney Countdown Show. You've made it. You're here. You're ready for another episode. This is going to be a good one today. Good one today. We're doing our top 10, the first half of our top 10 Disney cues, the lines, the waiting experience for Disney attractions. This is going to be a very, very fun list. I'm excited to talk about this with my very good buddy, Danny Jordan, who is sitting right next to me on this Zoom just right we're just inches away i can put my hand up and almost i'm like peter brady and you are like alice and we are <laughs> that's putting right our hands look at that each other. the little boxes next to each other um amazing but we're here danny jordan eric peterson we got chris sisley coming to us live from brooklyn on the ones and the twos he just shocked us because as we were about to start this episode we have our lead-in music and Chris, who's also the producer on um, all of our other countdown shows on the Countdown Network, um, started our theater countdown music, <laughs> intro music. And both Danny and I were terribly nervous and didn't know, you know, we did not have our top 10 Broadway divas list ready to go. We only yeah. were <laughs> ready with Disney cues. So it was a little scary there, but we made it through, Chris, where I think we're going to be OK. Sorry about that. Because we definitely do not host theater countdown, no. um, which made it doubly uh, terrifying. Because I was like, "Oh, <laughs> this is about to get we're going we go. about to get a lot of hate mail from the theater fans here all we around go. the world." Number one musical for me of all time, "Rock of Ages," and here's why. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Number one, Spider Man. Turn, turn off, off the dark. The dark. <laughs> let's give it up for Reeve Carney. Um, let's give it up for the first iteration of uh, Turn Off yeah. the Dark, where it was all yeah, where the yeah. dude went flying off the edge of like yeah. the bridge and into the pit <laughs> yeah they should do a i saw that it wasn't too bad i mean it was wasn't awesome but i saw as it. in you were there in person for it yeah oh my really? gosh i was have i not mentioned that no breaking news it is disney <laughs> news i mean they now own spider-man so exactly talk about yeah. that's crazy chris did they, they i'm assuming they yeah. stopped the show right because wasn't it like at the end of act one or something i believe so i think yeah. it was like this big if you don't know what we're talking about folks there was a show called um spider-man turn off the dark which was a broadway musical and it was sort of famously had problems it was in previews usually a show is in previews for like maybe two months uh spider-man turn off the dark i'm pretty sure it was in previews for a full year before they officially opened they just had all these technical issues and cast issues and safety issues because they had these spider-mans flying all over the theater it was um, wild and what chris is talking about is there was a, a stuntman who was you know appearing to be spider-man in one of the scenes and he like runs up to the end of a sort of ramp that looks like it's a bridge or something like that and he's supposed to like reach out to try to i think catch mary jane who looks like she's falling or something and the actor in real life is hooked to a harness. So he kind of leans off the edge of this bridge and is supposed to be held there from the back with the harness. And there was a performance where the harness was not correctly attached and the guy reached forward and then fell forward into the pit, but like about oh 20 gosh. feet. So like really fell and landed on like the drum set or something. It was really terrible. I think he got maybe paralyzed for a minute. I don't, I can't, 
the hashtag fake facts. I'm not exactly sure, but there was something, some pretty bad injury that he had, and it was sort of notorious. But Chris was there. That's amazing. That's wild. Did they, when he hit the drums, did it make a rim shot sound? <laughs> Sorry. Too soon? Too soon? I don't know. Now, here's a good question. You know how, like, we live in this age. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but so often when I see, like, I don't know, whoa shocking news i'm like this feels like a viral marketing campaign that they've been planning for like six yeah yeah, clickbait like do you think there's a world where there was actually like a big pad down in the orchestra pit and the guy actually landed on a pad and someone just hit some drums like to make it sound like he crashed because they knew it would like go viral and people would talk about it i don't think so i think there is the idea of all press is good press but i think if your actors are almost being uh, paralyzed for life. That's not good press. That's any, not good press. In yeah, any, in I would agree. I did end up seeing that show. Did you see it, Eric? When it was on, I Broadway? never saw it. Never saw it. It was pretty wild. I mean, the music, which was written by what Bono and the Edge, right? They yeah. wrote all the music yeah. for for the show. It was not the best musical. Uh, yeah, like there was uh there was a song in it I remember called "Bullying by Numbers," and it was like one punch him in the face too and it was just like all about like it was like paint by numbers but bullying by numbers and they're like beating up peter parker uh but i will say when they flew over the audience uh the green goblin i saw videos of that like that looked pretty cool and spider-man it was it was pretty pretty epic um for sure and obviously reeve has gone on to have a a great career he's one of the stars of the tony award-winning musical hades town and um Anyway, it never great, went on man. tour. We'll probably never ever see it. I don't think so. They lost millions upon millions of oh dollars. Oh my god, so much. And Julie so Tame was Julie Tamore the director yeah, of that show, and then she was. was fired, right? Yeah. And she, I mean, obviously, she's obviously extremely well respected from her days with Lion King, um, but she's not done many big. Oh, oh goodness. Hey, Julie's calling. Julie's going, what? You ha- you have a spot for me in your new Broadway show? Yeah. I'll be there right away. You're looking you're looking for a director of your Disney podcast? I'm in. Oh I've gosh, got this wild so idea. You guys are going to hang by harnesses uh, uh, over the castle at oh Disneyland while That's you're recording. Hilarious. What could go wrong? Um, Eric, I have to say, I was a little confused when we started this episode today because I thought we were starting with a bonus episode. And when you said cues, oh, immediately I was shoot, like, oh, I did. Gosh, You're I got to right. like, I got to pull up my right notes and make sure I know exactly what I'm supposed to be talking about. Cause I have like props for the big show that I want to share today. Sure, um, sure, sure. I had like specific stuff prepared. I have even like, I, I picked my mug today specifically for our theme. You know, mm. We're doing the top 10 cues at Disneyland uh, attractions or Disney attractions all around the yeah. world. Um, so I brought this mug that we got on our last trip to Disney World, mm, nice. which has all four parks on it. Of the Disney World is, parks, yeah. Of the Disney World parks. Um, and maybe one or two of these cues might uh, be popping up on, on my list. But yeah, Very true. I've, got my, I've got my props. I think I've got my props all ready now because I got something in the mail uh, the other day that I wanted to share with you today. Share it now. I'm going to share it now. All right, here we go. I posted this on my personal Instagram. So if you're one of those people that follows me there, which isn't very many, um, you probably saw it. But uh, I got my Magic Key magnet in the mail. Cool. I didn't think I was going to get it. Do we have to order that? I didn't get one of those. No, they just they ship it to you. Uh, It it took a while. I mean, I bought my key, what, like a month and a half ago or whatever it was. And 
I, I honestly thought either they weren't doing them anymore or I wasn't going to get one because when I logged into my account recently, for some reason, they still had my old address from like five years ago in there. I was like, right. well, somebody's going to get a really cool magnet in the mail and they're definitely not going to send it to me. Um, but it came. And so I got one, Lynn got one and, and Emerson got one as well. So fun. I, I'm debating whether or not I want to be one of those people and put this on the back of my car. You must. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All it right. is such a, a badge of uh of in your faceness. <laughs> I love when I had my my AP, my annual pass holder sticker. Yeah. Oh, we absolutely had it on our car. And now, because they give you a couple, I had one a couple on my fridge, I had one on my car. Oh yeah. Now the question is, should I because this is a nice magnet, it comes in a very nice packaging for those who are listening to the show. You know, you'll see this at some point on YouTube, but like it's got this really nice picture of like a group of people running out, you know, of small world and it folds open and it just has a bunch of like tips for the parks and all that sort of fun stuff. But yeah. I was wondering with this magnet, would it be funny if I put it maybe like under my like door handle for my driver's side? So like this is like I need a magic key to get into my car sort of situation. <laughs> do you think that's funny? Um, or do I go maximum visibility and put it on the back? I mean, I think you just just keep it simple. Keep it put simple. it on the back. All right, I'll put it right on my face. Um, really, I'm actually gonna get this tattooed on my neck. That's my that's my plan. Hey man, I got a teardrop here and a magic pass on the other side. It's all about balance, man. <laughs> all right, I'm hardcore, but I love magic. Okay, <laughs> there's nothing more hardcore than loving and believing in magic. Okay, that's right. Uh, it takes a very special kind of gangster. Don't crush my dreams. Have you seen like there are groups at the Disney park sometimes that have the biker like, gangs? The biker gangs at I Disney. Have you seen them? Love this. This is one of my favorite things about Disneyland. The biker gangs? Yes. Oh my gosh. I love <laughs> this whole idea. There, if you don't know what we're talking about, there are multiple, I think there's like five or six that are like sort of well known uh disney gangs so they wear in the same way that if you ever watched like sons of anarchy and they'd wear their cut you know they're like leather vest or their denim vest like sleeveless vest and they have you know president and vice president and treasurer and all these like you know jobs descript descript job descript job descriptions i wow. totally thought your microphone was causing <laughs> issues again no that was the microphone in my brain <laughs> okay um but they're very cool and they have all kinds of patches and stuff and they kind of look a little intimidating in a very kind of southern california kind of way but they're all it's all for fun but they kind of have their turfs i've heard i read Wait, some article about it oh yeah there's certain ones that are like we hang out in fantasy land don't come to our turf <laughs> and they have like wow. i think it's all very much in fun but they definitely have like they lean into the idea of sort of a biker gang kind of mentality but yeah, Eric, I am great. I'm going down a rabbit hole on Google right now. There's this we article. We need to like get into one of these gangs. Or we start our own. Do we have to get jumped in? Or like, is it yes. like you gotta go on Incredicoaster blindfolded after having five beers? And if you can make it out without puking, you're in. Oh my god. Oh, um I love it. But I'm going down this rabbit hole on there's this article on inside the magic.net. Um, it's like, what are the Disneyland gangs? And they're showing like pictures of all the vests. Like there's the big bad wolves and the, yep. the stitch shenanigans and the Matterhorn mountain climbers. They, they say here in this article that there are more than 200 Disneyland social clubs as they prefer to be called. Sure. Um, but apparently they've been known to do ride takeovers. 
because they get like large gatherings and like sure, i guess yeah. they'll it'll be everyone on the ride will be them yeah um which is incredible and they all have their own mascot um i guess and each club has like 100 to 200 people in them i i would love to do a thing where we like get into one of them but then we like do a report but we're like undercover agents we're like all right folks i've been deep with the um what was one of the one of the gangs uh there's the the main street elite i'm deep in with the main street elite <laughs> I, i've seen some things that you don't even want to know about <laughs> i need to talk to my 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 parole officer or something somebody's got to help me out get me out of this gang you, th- you thought the bad things you thought the backside of water was bad <laughs> you don't even know man i'll tell you about the ninth wonder of the world <laughs> disney gangs um uh, there's also the punks of the, or no, there was an article called Punks of the Magic Kingdom that Vice carried a while back. And That's they were talking. I saw it. I saw it on Vice. Yeah. There's, there's a group called the Neverlanders. I feel like I like that. That one feels right. Or we start our own. Mm. What would we call it? I don't know. The, can, uh, could we do like a, like can, something on a play on Countdown, maybe? Mm-hmm. The Countdown. What if we were like counts? Like, you know, Ooh. like Count Dracula? Yeah. Count, Count Chocula? Are, are there any or counts? Like... Isn't there a count in, is it Princess and the Frog? Or isn't there, there's a count in one of the Disney movies, right? There's got to be. Let's look it up. There's got to be let's, a count. Let's all go to Google right now and type in mm-hmm. silence. Uh, Disney Count Character. Let's see. I keep... Wait, there's <laughs> the first thing that came up for me was film theory. What is Disney's body count? Like how many people? Oh, how have many they characters killed? Have, have they killed oh, in my their gosh. There's got to be a character named Count in some Disney movie at some point. Yes, somebody help us out and send us send. Let us know who we're not thinking of. Oh my gosh! Wait, do you? There's a there's a character named Count Nicholas Rokoff. He's the greedy former Russian count and main antagonist from The Legend of Tarzan. But it was just an episode, I guess. There was also Count Mikula. Oh, uh, sure. Yeah, like a <laughs> Mickey kind of Halloween thing. What yeah. if we did something about with the Duke of Wesselton and we just like we're like the Dukes of Wesselton or something like that? Or the Dukes? The Dukes of Weaseltown. <laughs> Why don't we just call ourselves the Weasel Tones and then we'll be an acapella group oh, that's all good. dressed that like that is pretty good. That is pretty good, Danny. I like that. <laughs> the Weasel Tones. Oh my gosh, that's really good. So I but I think we should we still should be a gang. So we should dress in the sort of bikery stuff. Yeah. But then we always here's what we do. Our main rivals are the Dapper Dance. And so oh. whenever the Dapper Dance starts showing up, we kind of intimidate, we like step West to Side a Story. Bit. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> Ba-na-na-na. Oh my god. We're so angry we're gonna ring chords at each other. <laughs> you thought your tag was great. Listen to my tag. Uh that is so Disney. The Dukes uh, of Weaseltones. I love that. And then would you have maybe like would we have the Duke of Weselton or would we have the weasels from Roger Rabbit? Ooh, maybe both. We get all the weasels we can find. Every weasel that's ever appeared in a Disney yeah. the Weasel Tones. Now well, are we allowed like- to have more than four people? Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have two hundred people. We're gonna be like we're gonna do um uh those uh what do they call that uh um, ride takeovers? No, like uh when you get a bunch of uh oh gosh what's the word 
when uh, a flash mob we're gonna like flash mob down main street singing singing barbershop so there is a pre there is a prerequisite uh for this group you have to be able to carry a tune yes no tone deaf people in the weasel tones yeah you can join the weasel tone deafs (laughs) they're like they're like anybody from uh west side story they're like they hang out with us but they're not in the group yeah they're called the tone deafs because they think they're in the group but they're just totally tone deaf to the fact that they're actually not in the group (laughs) oh my gosh this is fun i love when we just wing it we should we should have chris play the wrong music at the top of an episode more frequently (laughs) this is all from that oh my god (laughs) it all started because of that and then we started talking about spider-man and now we're forming acapella groups that are also disney gangs uh, and nothing is more Disney than that, folks. That's but right. uh, if you made it this far uh, and you're laughing, hopefully you are. We would love it if you would rate and review our show. Uh, those ratings, those reviews help more people to discover Disney Countdown and just grow this community of massive magic, as we like to call it. So if you're listening on Apple right now, it's super easy to scroll down. Click on five magical stars. And if you leave us a review, we will read that review on the show. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify or anywhere else, you know, you can leave a rating there and just DM us your review and we'll read that review on air. And, and while you're clicking around on your phone, uh, go over to social media. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Disney Countdown Show. We are also at Disney Countdown Show on TikTok, at Pod Disney on Twitter. And you can find us on Facebook as well. And if you really, really love us, you're like, I love these guys. I love them so much. I want more of them in my life. You can join our Patreon for $5 a month. You get bonus episodes. You get access to a private community. Um, Or if you don't want the private community, you just want the bonus apps and you want to listen to us just be ridiculous even more, you can subscribe on Apple and Spotify for $5 a month. Super easy. Uh, That's that's the busy biz uh, from my end. I feel like I had another prop I wanted to share with you. I have a question. I have a question for you, Danny. Yes. So as we're talking about social media there, yeah. Have you seen? I'm sure you've seen on TikTok they've made some sort of filter that makes your voice sound like SpongeBob. Have you seen no, that? No, no. Yeah, there's some like filter that you can put where it literally takes your voice and it makes it sound exactly like SpongeBob as you're talking. So whatever wow. it, it's still in the exact you know sort of uh, you know tempo that you're speaking, but it just makes it sound like that you know SpongeBob voice. Right. My question for you is if they made a Disney version. Mm-hmm. Which Disney character, and Chris, you answer too, which Disney character do you think would be the most fun to have a filter where you could just talk in your regular voice, but it would sound like blank Disney character? Wow. The crowd went silent. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess I would want to choose one that I don't already do what I believe is a pretty decent impersonation of. Sure. I think Donald would be pretty cool because I oh, cannot be cool. do Donald and... And everyone I've talked to who does Donald, they feel it sounds like they have throat problems after yeah. they're doing it. That's yeah, all I can't I can really do. I can't do that. Uh, like I can do, I always will do with my kids like, it's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, you want to come inside my clubhouse? Like I do that all That's the time. Good. And my pretty kids good. really love that. Or I go, gosh, Mick. Like I'll do a little <laughs> goofy as well. Or, oh, you know, I like to do that. Um, so I feel like I've got those unlock but donald would be pretty cool because when whenever kids hear donald's voice they laugh yeah so i feel like i would do that one for sure that's that's my final answer donald duck i like that what about you chris um maybe winnie the pooh yeah. or like mufasa oh mufasa would be yeah. so good <laughs> the james earl jones filter it is time i definitely say it is time 
from uh, Lion King every morning to my kids when they don't want to get up for school. <laughs> I, I, I shake them and I say, time to get up. Come on, let's go, let's go. And then they're like kind of dragging butt. I'm like, it is time. <laughs> and then I pick them up and I hold them up and I say, come on, got to wake up. Oh, that's great. I love that. Well, so, I like so Mufasa. Hard. That's a great answer. I was going to say probably Goofy or I, I was going to say Winnie the Pooh would be a good one. Tigger would be a good one. Um, Tigger would be awesome. Would be Especially because my kids are really into uh, every night we read a Winnie and Tigger story, like the same one every yeah. single night. And like, who I just can't get. Um, who like, is I, really hard to do. You know, I try. I feel like I'm now doing like an amalgamation of like just random British person with the guy that I heard do the voice of Winnie the Pooh when we went and saw the live action version here in town. Sure, yeah. And I didn't even really like his Pooh voice, but it's like the most recent one I've heard. Yeah. Let's he hear it, going, Let's hear it he, Danny. He, this is how he would do it. He'd go, rabbit, can I have some honey? Like, <laughs> that's how he would talk all the time. And I was like, speed it up. not like Winnie the Pooh at all. I, well, I'm probably not doing it justice, but um, like, I'll do like, uh, it's so warm and sunny. I think I'll have some honey. That's pretty good. Is that's it? pretty good. I buy oh, that. Okay. I buy but that. I feel like Tigger, I'm like, thanks, Tigger old or thanks, pool pal. Like I feel yeah, like that's I'm, a good, I'm, cause you do just the big old lisp and you just yeah. get that as wet as possible. Yeah. And and then my daughter just wants me to say like other things that aren't in the book. Sure. Cause there's this line that's like, tiggers don't like being stuck. And so she wants me to say like, oh, daddy say, uh, uh, tiggers don't like dirty stinking feet. And so like, <laughs> I have to say that. And she thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. Or like diaper pail. I'd say diaper pail. Uh, <laughs> Or dirty diapers that's you know this is where we're at folks as uh as disney parents um did you ever share eric on this the big show that clip when you met the guy who does winnie the pooh and tigger or was that the bonus episode i don't know i can pull it up well, well i'll just play it i'll find it real quick um because this is epic yeah and for those who maybe did or didn't because we got a lot of new listeners who are you know coming into the show right now is eric you met uh, the guy who does the voice of of Pooh yes, and Tigger, Jim, Jim Cummings, uh, who does a ton of um, Disney voices. He's the voice of Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Pete of you know in Mickey Mouse World. Yeah. Um, he's the voice of uh, the Lightning Bug in Princess and the Frog. Yes, um, he's he does a ton. He's the voice of Darkwing Duck. Oh really? Um, oh yeah, yeah. He's the voice of one of the characters in um Rescue Rangers. He's just been like Mr. Disney voices for years and I was singing at a um a benefit concert for something and he was there and I met him in the bathroom and I was like, "My daughter Sophie is the biggest Winnie the Pooh fan. If you could just say like hello to her in the voice in my phone, it would be amazing." And he was like, Yep, I'm ready because clearly people ask him to do this all the time. And this is what he recorded. Hello there, Sophie. It's your old pal, Winnie the Pooh. And you know, I was just walking through the Hundred Acre Wood and I ran into your daddy. And he said, you know, Pooh, it would be so lovely if you stopped and said hello to Sophie. So, um, <laughs> hello there, Sophie. Wait a second. Who are you <laughs> talking to? <gasps> Look who it is. It's my favorite little bouncer, Sophie. How you doing there, Sophie? It's me, Tigger. <laughs> 
Everybody loves Tiggers. And uh, do me a favor. Don't forget to remember to grow up and keep on bouncing. And that's very good advice. And please stay as sweet as honey forever. Bye bye. Long to do dum dum da dee dum dum. Wow. And he faded himself out. That's the part that I'm most impressed by. <laughs> yeah, that's he, like, incredible. As he recorded, he was like, dum, 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 and he pulled the phone away so it sounded like Pooh and Tigger were just sort of strolling away. Very, very cool moment, though. Dude, so epic. Those are those are like once-in-a-lifetime sort of moments when you meet legends like that and for them to be, you know, someone like Jim to be so kind jim like i know him mr cummings um <laughs> james jimmy uh jimmy c jimmy c he's coming on he's gonna love it when i call him that but for him to be so kind and to not only say hello to you but to record that special thing for for sophie is so so cool yeah, I, really cool chris do you remember did we talk about that on the big show or was it on a bonus episode i want to say it was a bigger one i hope we wouldn't have just shared that on a bonus i have a feeling it was on a big one but okay. like you said if people are just catching us now it's a good opportunity to reshare that story no, yes. i agree so so cool um maybe someday uh i'll if my buddy cameron you know books a disney show we'll bring him on and maybe he can share the clip of when jonathan groff sent that video as christoph and um and sven to his niece yeah, yeah. when they were working yeah. together, which was really cool. Um, all right, this feels like a good time to get to Disney news. You guys ready for Let's that? Do it. We interrupt our program to bring you this Disney news. Danny Jordan reporting live from outside the turnstiles. I feel like I just have to do that. Ooh, I like that every time now. And That's I and line. I put I put my hand up to my ear again, just <laughs> to really capture the vibe. Uh, of the situation for all the people who can't see me. Yes. Um, so this first story popped up. Uh, I wanted to share it on our last episode, but I totally forgot. There was this story that popped recently of this guy. I don't know if you guys heard this, but he completed the ultimate Disney challenge by visiting all 12 theme parks and riding every single ride in just 12 days. Whoa. Did you guys hear this? No, I did not hear about this. Yeah, this is... This is amazing. It's a dude from Atlanta. His name's Nathan Firesheets. What a great last name, for mm -hmm. the record. Um, and he's a big Disney fan. And so he planned out this whole trip, you know, flights and everything. In 12 days, he went to every park, you know, from Shanghai to Paris to Orlando to Anaheim, all around the world. And he rode every single ride um, at the Disney parks, which is just, I, is That's amazing. To me. Clearly, this person doesn't have children. Um, because that would be, yeah, exactly. You, you couldn't make it to all 12 parks in like a year if you had yeah. children, um, 12 but, days. Wow. Isn't that wild? And apparently like I was reading through this, uh, article, he was talking about, let me find in here. He mentioned, uh, like the cast members and how they sort of found out. He said, uh, the cast members really made the trip what it was. All the support and encouragement was super tremendous. I don't think I could have gotten through some of the lower points without everybody going, you could do it. Come on. Uh, the lower was, points. Like he was like starving on a desert island. I think I can make it. I just got to do small world. I just need one more box of popcorn and I can make it. But how incredible um, to do that. I guess he started on March 8th, completed on uh, March 19th. It was more than 20,000 miles around the world and the 12 days does include travel time he said on average he got about uh, four to six hours of sleep per night wow um, so he said that one of the hardest parts was just dealing with the exhaustion i mean think about that like 
you could do a couple days at the parks, you know, with your kids and your sure. feet are just done. I mean, everybody knows when you go to like Orlando, you know, you do a seven day trip, but you definitely schedule like at least one off day yeah. in the middle at the hotel just to like chill out. So absolutely incredible that this guy, Nathan, uh, did this. It was 216 rides total. And I guess he videotaped himself on every single one of them, which is wow. wild. And I guess for me now, I'm left wondering, and I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, Eric and Chris, if you have thoughts on it too, is what is more impressive? What he did in 12 days, going on every single ride at every park, 12 consecutive days, or the guy who went almost 3,000 days in a row? 3,000 days in a row. You think so? Way harder. Way, 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 way harder. Oh, yeah. I think the 12-day thing in all the parks would be exhausting, but it would be thrilling and fun. It's a finite amount of time. It's like essentially a week and a half of being busy, right? Yeah. The other guy found time to at least enter Disneyland for five minutes for 3,000 days. That's nuts. Like that's holidays, rain, snow, sleet, whatever. He was at the parks. That I think is far more impressive than the... 12 day thing. I think the 12 day thing is very cool and I would love to do it. Um, I also am sad that the guy probably didn't get to watch any parades or do any shows. If he's just doing rides, you know, just doing, yeah, you know, bang out all the rides that you can so you can get out and get to the next park. I don't know. Now, sounds, do, you, sounds fun. do you pack like, I wonder if he's eating all foods at the parks or is he like, pre-doing his meals because i feel like every aspect protein of what you're bars doing, and stuff yeah i mean he should have got that sponsored by like you know like oh, yeah. fake bars or kind bars or something like yeah. that but um so cool so it's so a big shout out to uh to nathan fire sheets uh, and then another big big piece uh of disney news which just came out the other day um there was this really cool announcement that was on social media featuring Dwayne the rock johnson announcing that they are going to do a live action version of Moana and the rock naturally will be playing Maui of course, uh, in the film. Um, I they thought... said that the girl who did the voice of Moana is going to play Moana. Oh, she really, I didn't yeah. see that. Uh, her name's like, uh, not Aulani. Cause that's the name of the hotel, but it's something like Aulani, something like that. I'm going to look it up right now. I wonder if, um, if Lynn's going to make a, an appearance in it. I hope he's the chicken. <laughs> hey, Hey, <laughs> that would be that would be epic because he does that like you know he made like a little guest appearance in the in the heights movie in the heights, yeah yeah as the uh the Piragua, Piragua. um so that'll be cool i'm really really looking forward to that i don't know if they've announced um a release date for it yet but uh i did see it across all the disney uh social channels and it was cool to see the rock with his kids just walking along uh the beach out and i think it was oahu was the island yeah. that, that he was on for for that video and um, so cool. I will definitely be taking uh, my kids to see that one in the theaters when it comes out. Um, there's a great clip of, I mean, you could go down a really awesome rabbit hole on YouTube of uh, The Rock with Kevin Hart in interviews. Okay. They are just the most hilarious, adorable pair in interviews because they kind of razz each other back and forth. It's so funny. If you look at some of the um, uh, Jumanji press junkets with the rock and kevin hart they're so funny but there's one where (laughs) uh, the rock says something about how he was born in san francisco and lived in san francisco until he was like nine or ten okay and kevin hart's like what 
I thought you were from Hawaii. All this like Samoa and the islands and Mana and all all my traditions, my family's traditions. You're from San Francisco? And he's like, well, no, I'm from, my family's from Hawaii and I lived there for a chunk of my childhood. He's like, no, 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 you've been telling me your whole life <laughs> that you were like Mr. Island Boy and this just your whole life was on the islands. Right. He really kind of razzes him. Uh, it's very funny. That's hysterical. Um, and breaking news that I'm just discovering as I'm looking at the Moana live action mm. information, apparently they're also going to do a Lilo and Stitch yeah. live action film. I want to know who they're going to get to play Stitch. Mm. Who would be good casting as Stitch? Like, and will it be all CGI or will it's not going to be someone in a costume? No, it'd probably be CGI. Okay, like Avatar. maybe it'll be like like yeah, or like uh, it'll be like Roger Rabbit, where like real life people but with animated Stitch. Oh yeah, I feel like I you got to cool. do that for sure. Yeah. Um, and then one last piece of news today uh, marks the day that Tron Light Cycle officially opened at Disney's Magic Kingdom. Today. I saw some pictures of it of my friends that live down there that have gone on the sort of pre-opening day, the soft opening. Right. It looks so cool. And they also have a very cool feature because I'm not I've seen some pictures of what the actual setup of the coaster is. Yeah. But the picture that you get, you know how you get a picture after you get off the ride and it's like, oh, yeah, where you're going through the fast part. Um, the picture makes it really look like you're the only two people on these bikes. Like, I don't know how they do it, but somehow they erase the other parts of the coaster so it really just looks like the people you and the person next to you are just on two bikes zooming through Whoa. you know through the ride which is pretty cool i wonder how they do that that's amazing um well you know what this means eric we we need to plan a trip down yes. to disney world so yes. uh disney marketing team social team we're ready uh we're ready to go my bag has been packed uh since we launched the show and i'm just ready we have we have a disney light. go bag we have a Disney go bag. All my yeah. shirts are going to be very wrinkled, but the good news is it's so humid in Orlando that as soon as I open my suitcase, they're ironed. They'll be finely pressed. <laughs> um, and that's uh, that's that's my Disney news uh, for Love this it. episode. Shall we move on to memes and some things? memes and things? Yeah, let's do a couple of memes and things before we get into this uh, countdown here. Memes and things, memes and things. It's time for Eric's memes and things. Yes. All right, folks, here we go. Um, now, this first one is not technically a Disney thing, but sort of Disney adjacent. Um, this is just my major recommendation. There is a show that is recently opened on Broadway, um, and it's only running through September 10th. Oh, it's actually not officially open yet, but I think mm. they're in previews. Um, and it's called Peter Pan Goes Wrong. Now, it's not a Disney show. It's its own thing. But, you know, Peter Pan, we love Peter Pan. Let's let's pump it up, right? Here's the thing. This is a show that is being produced by a group called Mischief Theater that are from London, England. Yes. And they had a show called The Play That Goes Wrong that was on Broadway for a little while and now is off Broadway. And you can see it. It's spectacular. I would say the funniest thing I've ever seen on a stage. And I don't. Uh, that's a pretty big compliment, but I really mean it. Yeah. Um, so they have another one of their shows, which is called Peter Pan Goes Wrong. If you want to get a sense of what these guys do, um, just go on YouTube and search Play That Goes Wrong. There's like a 10-minute version of the show, uh, which is where it kind of started. But it's this group of like seven or eight actors from London, and they write the shows and perform in them. And it's basically just 
everything goes wrong. Like they forget their lines, <laughs> the set breaks, the people are in the wrong costumes, they miss their entrance. All the things that could go wrong in a theater production happen in their productions. They always start, they say that they're the the Cornley uh, players, the Cornley players, some sort <laughs> you know, like kind of small community theater group and they're presenting, you know, Peter Pan or whatever it might be. Right. But if you have not seen this, I highly, highly recommend it. You can actually watch Peter Pan Goes Wrong on Amazon. Um, if you go on Amazon, you can buy uh, Mischief Theater has done a lot of these and they're filmed and you can watch them there. But I just wanted to uh, promote that because it is I just think they're the funniest people ever. And it's the Peter Pan Goes Wrong is really, really funny. It, um, OK, it's a limited run, you said, right? Yeah, I think it's only going till September. So, OK. Oh, but they did just announce that uh, Neil Patrick Harris is going to guest star in it for a Wait, what? Bit. Yeah, he's going to I think I'm guessing he's going to play the director role. Um, oh, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, OK, this is from a TikTok account called Your Guide to the Magic. All one word. Okay. Um, and it's just the most adorable little video that somebody caught. It says POV when you see one of your favorite characters in their natural habitat. And it's uh, Winnie the Pooh in costume with like a butterfly net and he's like out in a field that's like not by any people and he's just trying to catch butterflies and like this little kid sort of sees um him just kind of oh, like spinning wow. around trying to catch butterflies and it just i thought it was the most adorable little video so you definitely check out that account very fun okay this next one this is cool uh, we will repost this, but I'm going to show it to the, the guys here uh, so they can react. But this is from an account called The Matrix, all one word, The Matrix. And they put up a video called uh, When Disney Characters Got Older, Created by AI. Oh, So wow. they put in like Disney characters, and I'm going to show it to the guys here. They have... Here oh, so there's Gaston oh, whoa. as like an old man. There's Elsa as like an older woman. There's Prince Eric, wow. uh, Snow White, Sid from Toy oh, Story. Oh my gosh. Tarzan is like a construction worker. Cinderella's at the slot machine. I was it's hit the slots. <laughs> Bambi is uh, on the wall. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> but it's very, very, very cool what they did with AI. That's really funny. Um, another one of these accounts that just has like cool Disney artwork. And I just, I love when people kind of have a really cool take on the Disney art. Yeah. Uh, and this is, uh, an Instagram account. I'm just going to uh, type it out. It's J M A R U Y A M A Jamaru Yama Jamaru Yama. Uh, and he just has some really cool, like kind of very clean kind of computer generated graphic looking, uh, Disney takes, which is very cool. I liked his uh, his stuff. You can check him out on Instagram. Very nice. fun. Um, okay. This is really cool, Danny. I don't know if you saw this. This was from an account called Days Gone Disney. Did you okay. know, Danny, that Doritos, the famous chip, was created at Disneyland? What? Yes. <laughs> so I did not. Doritos, the original Doritos chip, Basically, um, you you can go to Days Gone Disney to see the full video about it. But basically, at Casa de Fritos, which is in Disneyland, um, yes. sort of right when you go into what would that be, Adventureland, I guess. Yeah, it's, um, uh, just past the shooting gallery. Yeah, just past the shooting gallery, Casa de Fritos. They are the company that made Fritos, right? 
And they had all of these um, tortillas that were just sitting around that were not being used. And so they said, hey, if we deep fry them, we can make them into chips. And then they made them into Doritos. Eventually, they got so popular in the parks that then they became a whole brand. Oh, my god! And that gosh. all started at Disneyland. Isn't that crazy? Do we know, like, what Dorito means? Like, is that a combination of a few words? Or does know. that translate to something in... You know, Spanish? I actually think it does. I can't remember what it was, but if you go to the video, I, I now that you're saying that, I do believe that they say what it means. It's something like golden chip or something like that, golden golden food or something like that. Um, Looks like Chris is searching and maybe has an answer. I have an answer. Okay, what's the answer? It means little fried and golden thing. Little fried wow. golden thing. Yeah. I've been called um, worse. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is one that I want to get your guys' take on this because I'm not sure how i feel about this okay. this was on uh, a facebook group called best of disney art which i love uh and they were uh showing from gold goldoxy g-o-l-d-o-x-i 21 at instagram goldoxy okay. 21 uh and they did this whole series of disney princes as dads so it's really kind of cute because they have like hercules and he's trying to you know comb his daughter's hair but what's okay. weird about it is that they took the princesses that would be associated with said princes and yeah. made them like their daughters. And so I feel like oh, there's part of that that I'm a little like weirded out by, but it's kind of a fun idea. I just wish that they would have made the kids not be seemingly their so wives. is that supposed to be like a child version of Meg? Yeah, that's what I can't tell. If it's like, is that Meg as a child or is that Meg's child who just happens to look like her? Look like Meg. But but I'll show you. So there's uh, Hercules trying to comb uh, his daughter's hair. There's Prince Charming with a very young looking Cinderella. With the glass slippers with that are way too slipper. big for her. Oh, my gosh. There's Beast reading a book with his daughter who looks oh just like gosh. Belle. Really fun. There's... Uh, Mulan's uh what's his name? Uh Lee Mulan. Shang. Lee Shang with his daughter balancing on his hand. Oh my There's, gosh. There's uh which one is that? Oh, that's, that's Prince uh, Charming. Prince Charming from Snow White with like in the kitchen with his daughter. There's uh Aladdin with his daughter on the oh on my the gosh. flying carpet. So this makes me think maybe it is just their daughters because that's definitely Melody from uh, Little Mermaid 2. Oh, okay. Prince Eric giving a bath to Melody, who's his daughter. Um, but just kind of a really fun uh, take on stuff. But I thought that was really cool. Those are my really little cool. memes and things for uh, for this particular episode. You got to send me those uh, those pictures so we can put them up on our socials. Because those are really, really cool. Love that a lot. All right. Shall we get to Ye old Countdown? Let's do it. All right, folks, here we go. This is our next list, which I'm very excited about. We said it at the top of the show. This is going to be the top 10 Disney cues, the waiting experience, the line experience, which, as we know, when you're sitting in a Disney park, sometimes the lines can be long, especially yeah. lately. The lines can be over an hour. And what are you going to do in that hour? How are you going to fill it? The best rides, and especially some of the newer rides really, I think, take this into effect and they into account and they really kind of say, hey, we know that people are going to be in line for this for an hour, two hours, maybe three hours. Let's give them something to look at, <laughs> something to pay attention to. So we're going to count down that list right now of what the greatest Disney cues are. Uh, I guess I will start here. Um, all right. My number 10 is going to be Spaceship Earth. 
the big Ooh. ball in Epcot. Now, here's the thing. It is an older ride. So when I was just saying about how, like, let's give them something to, something to look at. There's not really much to look at in this queue. That's why it's number 10. But the reason <laughs> it's on my list is because I have just such visceral memories of being a kid. And when you get to walk under that big ball, it looks right. so huge. And especially when you're a kid, even as an adult, but especially as a kid, it just feels like, this is the most massive structure I've ever seen, and I'm underneath it, and it's only right. being propped up by essentially three posts. And so I just remember feeling like impressed by it, a little scared by it, a little just like, wow, this is not something that I ever experienced anywhere else other than at Disney. So it's a pretty short line that, you know, they may have you sort of wrap around if the line is long, but once you sort of turn that little turn that starts to head up the ramp into the actual attraction it's pretty short once you go up the that ramp there's that really cool art piece that's on the side uh, that kind of has like a caveman all the way up to astronauts on the moon yeah um and once you get through there you're sort of right onto the ride but the reasons that i love it is obviously the huge ball i love that it's a short line i love the sort of 80s tech feel of it you know it definitely <laughs> right. feels like what they thought the future would look like in the 80s um, and then one of the things that I love about online is the constant moving walkway uh, as you're getting onto the ride. There's something about that that I just love. Like, you know, Haunted Mansion has it, Little Mermaid has it, that sense of like, this ride is moving. You're getting on or you're not getting on, but it's not going to wait for you. And I love when like the, the conveyor belt essentially is moving with the ride and they're like, all right, you're up, go, go, get in the line, get into the, uh, you know, the, the ride. I just, I love that. It just makes me, I think the New Yorker in me appreciates the efficiency of it. The sense of like, we're moving, we're moving. We're not going to take time here. We're moving. Everybody's getting on the ride. Let's do it. Let's do it. So uh, my number 10 is going to be Spaceship Earth, the big ball at Epcot Center in Disney World. So good. You know, it, I remember going there as, as a kid to Epcot and we've talked about this on the show, how, how like I have just feelings about what Epcot was as a kid. It just felt like this is not a place for children. Um, I, re I remember feeling that way as a kid with the exception of, you know, the Norway ride, which is now frozen ever after. Yeah. Um, it just didn't feel like there was a lot for kids. And obviously they had done a great job. I think, you know, over the last, well, since I was a kid uh, of adding, you know, all these different rides there with the Finding Nemo ride and Soarin' and now Test Track and, and the Guardians of the Galaxy ride. There's just so much new stuff to do there now and, and the Remy ride, you know, the Ratatouille yeah. ride, um, which, which is fantastic as well. I think they've done just such a great job. Cause I remember as a kid, I was just like Epcot, why am I here? Sort of thing. I was also in a wheelchair cause I like sprained my ankle really bad. Like the night before playing mini golf mm -hmm. somewhere near our hotel. But, but yeah, I mean, walking up to that ball, um, it's just so incredible. And now Epcot's yeah. a totally, totally different experience. So solid selection, um, I do have to say about this list, uh, this one, I think I said to my wife last night, as I was going back through my selections, I was like, this is the hardest list I think I've had to put together Really? so far, not because of it was like a shortage or anything. It was just, I realized like, I love cues and I love, you know, what they do, which there is like a technical term for it. It's called environmental design is when you take like a space, a room and you turn it into something themed and functional, um, 
And I, I interviewed a guy from a company a few years back for a show I was developing. They have a, a company called Plain Joe Studios, and they're a, a few ex-imagineers who started this company, and they do environmental design for like big churches and like will retheme like their entire like you know youth ministry building to feel like you're under a pier and all that sort of really yeah. really cool stuff, and um, really just gave me an appreciation for telling a story not just with the ride but with from the, the moment you arrive. Yeah at the entrance to the line all the way to when you get onto that ride. It's like you, you're starting the yeah. story then. Um, and Disney does it better than, than anyone else. You go to other theme parks around the world. Like you go to the, the, the six flags parks and you're like, okay, uh, 12 switchbacks. And then I'm yeah. getting on a ride or I'm walking yeah. into like a, a warehouse. Yeah. Um, so, so that's why this list was so hard for me. And I have a lot that are going to end up on our bonus episode of our 11th or 15th. So make sure you, uh, subscribe on Apple or Spotify or, or join our Patreon to get that. But at number 10, and this is hard. I have six right behind this one that could easily be right in this slot. So this is hard for me. Um, I'm going to go with Remy's Ratatouille Adventure as as my number 10, um, which is at Epcot in the France uh, part of Epcot. It's a, it's a newer ride. Um, I haven't been on that yet. It's it's awesome. Um, when I went with my family back in 2021, it hadn't opened yet. Um, but then I went last year for uh, a book award event that, that I was in Orlando for, and I got to go and like the outside of the queue, you know, nothing spectacular, you know, you're just sort of in switchbacks, but it feels like you're in France, which is really, really cool. Cause you've yeah. got like, it's setting the vibe, but then once you enter the building, that's where the, the magic begins. Um, it literally feels like you're just sort of walking around the streets of Paris that's um, awesome. and they do like these forced perspective things where like you, I think you're supposed to, it's supposed to does be it like look your, like you're little, like you're a rat. Yeah. It's like, you're, I think it's like, you're on the roof of Gusto's and you're sort of yeah, like yeah. walking around the buildings that are around Gusto's and they've got like the big light up sign and the picture of Gusto and the music is playing and it's, it's not super bright. It's sort of like dimly lit where it feels like you're in Paris at night the you know the music tracks that they have playing and then you you enter the restaurant uh portion of the queue which just really really it sets it sets the mood like you are remy and you are about to go uh on this adventure through gusto's and i mean that's what the ride is all about is that you're you're little rats running around the kitchen yeah. um on a trackless ride which is incredible and we'll get to that i'm sure in a later episode when we do our favorite magic kingdom rides but the queue it, it's it's transportative um, you know, in the sense that you have to walk through France in Epcot to even get to the queue, like it just yeah. so you're in that in mindset, yeah. yeah. And you've got the Eiffel Tower, and all the elements are there to make you feel like you were already in, there in that space. And, um, so that's why I've got Remy's Ratatouille Adventure as uh, my number 10. I love that, that's great. Um, I'm excited to ride that. I've seen videos of it. Um, I don't know if I've seen videos of the one in Epcot, but I've seen the ones in. Uh, Disney Paris. Yeah, it's um, so much fun. All right, my number nine is going to be Pirates, Pirates of the Ooh. Caribbean, Caribbean. Which um, one? Now, here's the answer. I like both of them. I do like. I'll talk briefly about the Disneyland one. I'm choosing the Disney World one as my choice, but the Disneyland one is also great. Um, I do love that sort of like switchback area in the where the line splits and it's kind of right under club 33 and th that's got a very cool vibe i like when you kind of come into the actual building and you can smell the water very cool but the orlando one is great because it is so much more immersive mm -hmm. um as, and there's less of the like sort of just 
switchbacks in front of the ride. Um, the Orlando one is great because it really has this feel that you're like in a trading port. You kind of like mm. walk in and it's there's bathrooms to the right and there's a gift shop to the left and it's got the sort of arched way, arched kind of entrance way and stuff like that. And so it starts to feel like, oh, we're in this time of, you know, trading ports and, you know, big ships and stuff like that. Right. And then as you keep going through the line, uh, it starts to feel like you're in a fort and you can see some cannons and some, you know, kind of like barrack looking things and storage rooms and little stuff with bars and little jail cells. And you see the stacks of cannonballs and it just yeah. like slowly and slowly gets more and more into that darkness and yes. the kind of feeling of like it being wet and damp and, you know, something's going to happen, which is really cool. <laughs> um, obviously I love the smell of the water, but there's something about that pirate's water that just hits the nostrils and just is very evocative of the ride. and makes you really remember it. Yeah. Um, I also like that at the Orlando one, you can hear the music as you get closer. It kind of starts where it's just instrumental music, but then as you get closer to the ride, you start to hear, yo, ho, yo, ho, a pirate's like for me, which is really <laughs> fun. Um, I love how dark it gets. I love all the lanterns. Um, and then my my last part that I wrote about the pirate's ride is that once you get into the boat, for me, my first thing I do is check to see where is the least amount of butt water going to be. <laughs> so I try to look and see like, all right, is it that I need to scoot more in? Is it that I need to be on the outside? Whatever it is, I'm, I'm trying to judge by looking at the residual water from the previous riders. Where Where's my driest butt going to be? And then I, I try to move accordingly <laughs> to that. So yeah, my number nine is going to be Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, specifically the one in Disney World. Love it. Uh, it's yeah, I pirates. Yeah. Pirates is special. And I, yeah. I wanted to put it on my list, but spoily, it didn't, it didn't make it. Wow. Uh, and I think the reason is because like, when I think of pirates, I think of Disneyland first and foremost. And yeah, the queue though, it's, 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 it fits. It just is so like short, the indoor portion of it. Yeah, yeah. And when I think of the queue, I think of like where they really like deliver on like visual elements is when you go inside. Yeah. Um, cause you're sort of like escaping the world of the park outside, you know, the doors. And once you get inside, like you're just sort of like wrapping around the track and then you're getting, you know, sort of sectioned off into what row you're going to sit in at, at Disneyland. But, but you're yeah. right. I, the more I was thinking about Orlando and hearing you talk about it, um, there's definitely more to that queue than there is to the one at Disneyland. So I think yeah, it's a, a lot more solid selection. All right. So I'm going to stay in Orlando again for my number nine and and this is a ride that is in, honestly, my, I think it's my favorite Disney theme park um, mm. in the world. It's Animal Kingdom. Um, I just think that Animal Kingdom, it's a perfect theme park. Like it's, it's just, great. It's, it's perfectly designed. There's never a moment in that park where I feel like, oh, I'm just at a theme park walking around. Like I, I legitimately feel walking around like I could be in Asia. I could be- right in africa like it's just so beautifully designed and it's just sort of out on its own none of the other parks are nearby it's surrounded by sort of like the marshland so it, it it's just perfect and and the queue that i love there is the expedition everest queue that is a good um, one it's so good it's in the asia section of of uh, animal kingdom and just the whole vibe of it 
I love uh, you're like walking into like this office of like the fictional Himalayan escapes, which is a travel agency. Um, and then you sort of like progress into a replica temple with like holy figures all around. I love uh, like all like the red and green and yellow sort of like tapestries that hang overhead that you see a lot. Yeah. You know, when you see like pictures of like Nepal or, you know, the Himalayas or, or other places sort of around the world. It, and they're like tattered and they're torn and they're sort of like wind worn and sun worn. Like yeah. it feels so authentic. And the plants that they use around there really transport you uh, to that space where I'm like, oh, I'm totally in Asia right now. Yeah. Um, then then you go into this room that's like packed with like equipment from, you know, what they're calling like a successful expedition, which is Climbing, like the Yeti, yeah. the Yeti Museum. Um, yeah. It's, it's really, really cool. You know, the, the one downside, you know, and you do in, encounter this at a lot of the parks is if you go the single rider line, like you skip all, all of that. that stuff. So if you're a person who likes queues, um, definitely wait in line uh, for this one. And that's the beauty of Disney is that like you were saying, Eric, is that you might have to wait 60, 80 minutes. And a lot of times we see that number and we want everything right now. We're like, oh my gosh, I got to wait here for an hour. Yeah. But you're not just like standing on the side of the road, you know? Right. You're having an experience while you're in the line, which is which yeah. is really, really cool. And and then I love like when you get sort of up to the front when you're about to board the ride, and then you've got the big mountain there. Um, and it's just it's so stunning. Uh again, yeah. we'll talk more about the ride itself later on down the line. But again, I think walking through this whole like Asia themed part of the park which makes you feel like you're already in that headspace for oh i'm in this place in the world and then yeah. you go to this queue that captures like what walking through like a little village might feel or if you were meeting it like a like a exploration like hut on your way to go like summit a mountain that's it captures that uh perfectly and, and i love it and that's why i've got it at number nine i love that yeah it that that line always reminds me a little bit of Jungle Cruise, of just mm. a similar kind of like you're coming upon travelers stuff that's been left. You know, it's got a similar kind of vibe to it. Yes. Um, do you know one of the things that I was thinking about? My something that I appreciate in a line, I would rather if I have to wait an hour, right? I would rather have a line where I'm walking consistently mm. for an hour and 20 minutes than standing still for an hour. Right. There's something about like if the line is moving, like I have movement in my body, I feel like, okay, I'm I'm working towards get, getting on the attraction. 100%. Whereas sometimes you get in those lines where it's like, yeah, it's, it might be a shorter line, but it doesn't move. You're just like standing there waiting to take a step forward and then you wait 20 minutes and then take a step forward. I would much rather have a longer physical line and have movement throughout the whole time than standing still. Yeah, the fantasy land rides I feel have that standstill. They get still very stagnant. Yeah, feel to them, and you're so tight. Yes, because like, those like Peter Pan is so tight. Oh my gosh, there's not so a lot tight. of room to no. to move around. They're they're super narrow, and the switch you're like always next to people. All they were the definitely time. they were definitely made when Americans were much skinnier, a little than bit more felt. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, all right, my number eight selection is going to be Web Slingers at Disneyland. Ooh. Web Slingers, which is the Spider-Man ride. Very, very cool ride if you've never done it. The ride itself is so cool. Like, basically, similar to, like, a Toy Story Mania where you're trying to, you know, blast things on a screen uh, with 3D 
uh, goggles. What's cool about web slingers, if you've never done it, is you literally like flick your hand forward like your Spider-Man and it tracks your arm movement and then you like shoot little spider bots and stuff. Yeah. But the the ride it's or the line itself is really cool. It has a very cool aesthetic. Um, really kind of has the the primary colors vibe of Spider-Man mm. of like very red, very blue, very yellow, the kind of like very basic, intense primary colors. Um, so I love that fact. I love that as you walk through the um through the the queue, there's all these like posters with different facts about either Peter Parker or other scientists that are in this lab that you're going in to visit. Right. Um, which is it's got a really cool kind of like story to the to the ride and to the line that you're like going into this lab and seeing how young inventors can make cool <laughs> technology and oh look who we have we have Peter Parker who's uh, one of our assistants and is helping us to design some of this technology so you're kind of seeing all these things as you're walking up one of the things that I will say that web slingers gets you pretty good is they have a back corner the back right corner if you're looking at the ride the back right corner of the line mm -hmm. where it really looks like you're like oh this line's not too bad and do a couple switchbacks here and then turn there and then a couple switchbacks and then i'm in the building now they trick you because the way that they've designed <laughs> it you really cannot see at all that there is a whole back area that has a bunch of switchbacks and you can get fooled pretty quickly if it seems like oh this is not going to be too bad <laughs> but it it can be um so that being said uh i love all the pre-show um art and stuff that's on the walls as i was saying but then the coolest part is once you go into the building and you get in this little pre-show room where um a lot of uh disney rides have this you know star wars has this it's sort of sort of like a precursor of you know a character from the story is telling you what you're about to do on the ride and you know kind of get you set up mm -hmm. this one for web slingers is so cool because they basically have a lot of actual practical like a desk and you know it looks like you're walking into an actual laboratory and they're all physical tactile things but then the screen almost makes it look like a hologram and they have um tom holland who plays peter parker kind of right. stumbles in and is very you know adorable and oh hey guys what's up uh, i'm peter parker and i can show you how, <laughs> what i'm working on here these are my cool new spider bots they do a lot of cool stuff and they do what i tell them to and then he gets distracted with something and the spider bots start to multiply they like mm. start uh you know duplicating and duplicating and duplicating and duplicating and then what's really cool is most of it is in the hologram, but then they also have actual practical spider bots kind of come up and kind of crawl around the desk. And then you see there's a few of them in the vent system and you right. can actually see it. It's just such a great way of combining technology with regards to like holograms, but also practical technology and, and puppetry. The whole thing is really, really cool. Really gets you set in the mindset of what's going to happen. It feels technologically way more advanced than any other Disney ride that I've ever been on. Um, and these spider bots are, you know, they're in the vents and, you know, Peter's like, Oh God, what are we going to do? And then that sort of shoots you all propels you off into the ride of like, you need to help us because these spider bots are out of control. So my number eight, really cool. Just the way that they've set it up, uh, is going to be web slingers at, uh, Avengers campus at Disneyland. Love that. When, when I went on it, I've only been on it once. Uh, and it was, I don't know, a month or so ago my wife and I did a solo trip and we did the single rider. Yeah. Uh, entrance so we got to skip that whole back corner you're talking mm, about yes, where the yes, line yeah. gets a little a little nutty but i think you get to have the same queue experience once you enter the building yeah, yeah, you go yeah. into that room with the show and all that sort of stuff which is which is really really fun um 
Yeah, that, that's a great one. I want to go on that ride again. It was it's it, awesome. It, yeah, I, I feel like I need to get out there soon. I love you. You pointed this out um, in a recent episode, that tree that's outside the building. Yeah. that's like all bulbous bigger because of gamma rays, because gamma, of gamma rays, radiation. which is really cool. People yeah. should keep an eye out for that when they go. Uh, all right. Number eight for me is going to be one that we were just sort of chatting about, which is going to be Jungle Cruise at, at Disneyland. Um and I, I wonder if you have this on your list as well. So I will. I don't. You don't. I don't. Okay. I don't. It, it was it was up there. It didn't make my list, but I do love. I do love it. It's it's great. I mean, again, you know, Disney does this fantastic thing where you're entering Adventureland, and now you're in this mindset of of adventure. You've crossed over this bridge, and you know the the flora and fauna changes, and the the sound effects that are playing immediately. You feel like you're getting into this space of I'm somewhere out in the jungle somewhere yeah. and then you enter the jungle cruise queue and it's like you're immediately sort of uh you know walking into this like boathouse um as it were and what i love about it is that at all points when you're in the queue for jungle cruise you can hear the boats you mm -hmm. know and and from most points you can see the river and and you you have that like that growl of like you're like the boat sort of taken off and like yeah so you're constantly like in it's a 360 experience of like being yeah. in this boathouse but hearing where you're about to go um and knowing that it feels sort of like old and vintage and authentic um but it's the details for me uh in in the queue for you know jungle cruise from you know the lanterns that are hanging uh on the ropes from the ceilings to you know the little like desks with the little uh like you know drawers and stuff that pull out old coffee cups and the old like bell phone or logs and stuff yeah yeah and like leather you know bags hanging on hooks and explorer hats and newsy hats it's just it's all it's all the little details you know like randomly seeing just like a rope hanging from like a building over to a pole with old you know clothes just sort of yeah. like on clothespins hanging it's like yeah the little things that if you're not looking for them you'll you'll miss them but almost your subconscious is sort of picking up on all these little tiny details that they put in um that tell let me, your brain know that i'm somewhere else or i'm supposed to be somewhere else yeah tell me i feel like i remember but i could be wrong about this does jungle cruise have whether it be like on the notebooks or the logs and stuff do they have kind of funny names of like very punny names in the same way that like Haunted Mansion has all the gravestones with very like pun-tastic names? I right. feel like on Jungle Cruise, if you look at the actual writing in the logs and stuff, that the names are very pun-tastic names. I could be wrong, but I, I feel like I remember that. I I feel like I need to go back and, and look, you know, because that's one of those lines you were just talking about where even though sometimes the the wait for Jungle Cruise can be longer than you would want to wait for like a ride of like like a, a C or D ticket ride, you know, like you don't want to wait an hour for that ride. It does move a lot because when you yeah, walk into the building, like you you sort of like are going through the boathouse and you're seeing like all the old frame pictures on the walls. But then you go upstairs and then you got to go to the back and then you got to come up. And even when you're upstairs, there's like really cool pictures on the wall of like you know, butterflies that have been like preserved with like their wings Pinned open or these stuff, like yeah. huge beetles uh, in these like shadow box frames. So there's always something to look at. There's always something to to take in. I haven't looked, you know, at those logs, uh, but next time I will definitely be doing that for sure. And I'll, I'll have to, 
report back to everybody. Um, I but I just that. love it. It feels, you know, again, it captures sort of like that early, you know, just after turn of the century um, vibe and just the khaki feel of like, you know, exploration gear and hats and all that sort of stuff. Um, I love it. It has a lot of that Indiana Jones feel to it, which yeah. um, I'm, a, I'm a massive fan of it. So uh, number eight, it's going to be Jungle Cruise. Love that. You know, one of the things about the Orlando Jungle Cruise that I like in regards to the line is just the geographical logistics of it. If you, when you're going to the Jungle Cruise in Orlando, you kind of go down like four or five steps and then you go into the ride. And there's something about like that sunken feeling. Like you're really, it's like between Aladdin and the Tiki Room essentially hmm. in Orlando. And, but it's, like down you kind of like step down and it really feels like you're going to a new place which is awesome yeah um all right my number seven number seven is going to be the tiki room Ooh. the queue for the tiki room <laughs> now i love the tiki 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 room i love that attraction so much um i like the waiting area in both disneyland and disney world now one of the things that i love about them is i love how they have all these polynesian gods that are like talking to each other and they kind of get if you ever i don't know if you've ever even done this but you can get there you know 10 minutes before the a tiki room showing and if you just sit there and you get your dole whip and you sit on the benches all the different gods like talk about what they're you know the sun god the rain god whatever and they kind of talk to each other and they get lit up when it's their turn to talk so you can kind of follow the conversation it's really fun it's really kind of charming and fun and i don't eat dole whip i'm not a dole whip guy but <laughs> my but my wife and my kids both like it and i i love that they like it's like part of the experience of going to the tiki room is you get your dole whip you sit out there you have it you're enjoying the little pre-show and then you get to go in so we we my family we really really love the tiki room i love that the disney world uh line queue area has that sort of waterfall that disappears there's like this waterfall that you're looking at and then seemingly you don't even see it happen all of a sudden this like god kind of you know tiki god comes out and then talks and there's two of the birds from the tiki room are talking above him it's just super fun i just i love that attraction and i love that kind of pre-show feeling yeah um and it's usually not very crowded because it's not as popular of an attraction so it's got <laughs> a very kind of like casual easy going kind of vibe so my number seven uh is going to be the tiki room do they sell Dole Whip out in Orlando? Yeah. Is it, it in that little like it's, uh, I don't kiosk think it's, that's right next to it? It's not as connected. I think it's near it, but it's not as connected as the one in Disneyland where it's really like right on the property it, of the Tiki Room. Is it off to the right? Because I know there's like that frozen treat place when you cross over the Might bridge be. into yeah. Adventureland. There's some sort of like they have like orange, almost like orange Julius type yeah, yeah. stuff there off to the right. I wonder if that's where the, the Dole Whip yeah, is. Yeah, it might be. Yeah, Chris, do you know? I do not know. No. Well, you know what this means, guys. Gotta go. Somebody's gotta find. Gotta out. go. Gotta go. <laughs> uh, exactly. That's really what this show is. It's just a big, long weekly excuse for us to plan Disney trips. Uh, That's right. Which I love. Okay, number seven for me. I almost didn't even think about putting this attraction mm. on the list, and when it hit me last night, I was like, "Oh my gosh, this has to be on the list." Not only on the list, but coming in at number seven, and that is going to be. Mickey's house in Toontown. That's a good one, Danny. Dude. Oh, that's such a good one. <laughs> right? Yes, that queue is awesome. It's incredible. For those who haven't been. Oh, my. 
and those oh, who have, let's just, one. let's just take a trip together. I mean, really, the whole setup of this place is just a place for you to go meet Mickey in, in yeah. his farmhouse in the back. But the queue is you walking up into Mickey's house and walking through Mickey's family house room from and, family yeah. room and his kitchen and like everything looks exactly like you would imagine yeah. the inside of Mickey's house looking. You've got like the oversized couch and everything is super round and cartoony and yeah. there's like a laundry machine that's going, you know, when you get into the kitchen and there's just uh there's like a phone i don't know if it like if you can pick it up but i know there's like a like an old sort of phone in in the living room there's like a fireplace set up it just feels warm and cozy and it's like you could imagine mickey mouse yeah like when disneyland closes every night like he closes the front door to his house <laughs> and goes and like sits on his, his chair and pluto's there like on a rug at his feet and he's like reading the the newspaper or something like that it's just it's amazing. You walk through the, you know, the interior and then you go into the backyard and there's like a, I want to say there's like a garden with some carrots that are like, you know, popping, popping up, up. Yeah, and yeah. stuff. And, and, you know, little do you know that the entire time you're in line to go meet Mickey. And then when you get to the point where like, it sort of like backs up a little bit, it's a movie theater. I was going to say, that's the other part is you get to watch like Mickey shorts. Yeah. You get to watch all these really cool, like, you know, new and old Mickey shorts. And, and what I love is that, you just don't know which version of what Mickey Mouse you're going to get to meet. You might make, yeah. meet Mick. You might uh, meet, you know, Steamboat Willie Mickey. You might meet, uh, you know, Sorcerer's Apprentice Mickey. You might meet Classic Mickey. Um, you just don't know. And then the set is sort of like, you know, exactly what it would be like. I remember yeah. we met Steamboat Willie and like the whole set was like grays and blacks. Yeah. And it's just, it's such a cool experience. If you've not walked through Mickey's house, do it. Minnie's house is great too, but, but Mickey's, you know, holds a, holds a special place in my heart. And that's, uh, I actually, I haven't taken Emerson since she's been like old enough to register Mickey mouse. Oh, you so go. I think next time we go that that's, that's a must. Uh, for and, me. and I, I think that I read somewhere that they, when they did the Toontown update, that they updated some of the stuff in Mickey's house. Oh, did they really? Yeah, not massively, oh, but like okay. you know, the the washing machine or the fridge or something like that. You know, just like little little details to make it maybe a new coat of paint. So like, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. You know, couches and all chipped and right. that sort of right. stuff. Uh, but if you have kids, even if you don't have kids, if you just love like being transported into another fantastical world, you got to go to Mickey's house. It's it's, it's awesome. great. Yeah, that's a great selection that I did not think of, and I wish I could steal because that's such a great <laughs> great one. And you know what I love i love when you're in the sort of switchback part where it's the movie theater yeah. um because it also reminds me of great movie ride which is my probably my favorite ride ever that existed they right. had a, a similar thing where you went through a bunch of memorabilia stuff and you saw like the you know the red slippers from wizard of oz and all these different things but they had a movie section that would go back and forth and there was like a big movie theater and they would show like old clips of you know, Errol Flynn and, you know, Ben Hur and all these like the old oh, big, that's awesome. big movies and stuff. It was really cool. Um, great, great, uh, great selection. Thank you. Okay. My number six is going to be Winnie the Pooh at Disney World in particular. The Disneyland one is kind of lame. It's pretty short. It's just kind of like around this little river and then you're on the ride. But the one at Disney World is really cool. It's one of the first ones that I remember having like actual tactile games almost for the kids to play while they're in line it has um a really cool sort of like 
there's these beehives. And you remember that toy that we would have as a kid? It was always at like the doctor's office or the dentist's office that had like all the different like poles that were squiggly. And you just like, there was a marble like on the pole and you just kind of move it around. Yeah, they're like wood beads. They're like yeah, squares like wood be- and yes, circles exactly. yes. and all that stuff. Yeah. That kind of thing. They have that at the Winnie the Pooh ride with, um, these beehives and then there's like bees on a little pole that you can kind of yes. move around, which is really fun. There's um, lots of like water features and like little toy kind of things that the kids can kind of put their hands in and move around in. Um, and then once you kind of come around the side, there's this really cool screen that looks yeah. like honey that's kind of like melting or just dripping down the screen. But if you put like your hand on the screen, it stops the honey. So you can kind of like, like push it to the side and it reacts to your hand and stuff. It's just really cool. Um, And it's very similar to the queue for uh, Snow White's mind train, which I did not Mm. add on my list, but has a very similar idea with like in that one, there's all the different jewels that you can touch and they light up or they don't light up and just like fun stuff for kids to put their hands on. That's what they all the kids want to do when they're in line is touch everything. And so like give them something to touch that interacts in some way, just turns on or off can be very binary, but just something that a kid touches it and it changes. So my number six selection is uh, Winnie the Pooh at Disney World. Such a great one. So, so great. And there's that little like garden area. It's like rabbits, you know, sort of like garden where the kids can like, I feel like there's like, Almost like tunnels Little that they tunnels can, climb they can go there. under. Yeah, yeah. And then there's like where like can they climb into the thing and almost be like there, like a chicken egg, their like head, popping yeah, up. Head yeah. Pops up. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And there's like a tree they they can walk through, right? Like a mm-hmm. almost like yep. a tree house sort of thing. I think that's where like Kanga and Rue live. It's it's yeah. so wonderful. Very well done. Done. I'm I'm guessing they just didn't have the space for it at Disneyland, um, because Disney World's just crushes disneyland's when it, yeah. when it comes to the queue for sure uh great selection i it almost almost cracked my top 10 mm. um all right so before we get to my number six uh again just wanted to remind you all if you're loving what you're hearing here please take a few moments right now just rate and review the show you can quickly tap that five star button and just leave us a few words of like love this show or so magical or whatever it might be uh on apple or if you're listening on spotify or anywhere else where you can just leave a rating please do that uh, and please come follow us on social media. We are at Disney Countdown Show on Instagram and TikTok, at Pod Disney on Twitter, also available on Facebook as well, if that's where you consume. And if you want to hear what our 11 through 15 selections are, not just for this countdown, but every other countdown we've done, there's like six or seven bonus episodes waiting for you right now if you join our Patreon or if you click that uh, subscribe or unlock button on Spotify and Apple. That being said, my number six this one easily could have been top five, but I'm looking at my top five right now, and that's a tough top five to crack. Uh, number six for me, and I feel like I have to give a shout out to the OG ride as well. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout slash Hollywood Tower of Terror. Um, yes. That queue, once you get inside of the building, is just so, so, so wonderfully done. Um, the old tower of terror feel in there with the cobwebs and, uh, you know, the old dusty flower pots and all the things like you felt like you just walked into the lobby of an old hotel that nobody had walked into for like 80 years. Like you, um, you could believe that spider webs were so cool. So, so well done. I got to figure out how they do that. If I was into Halloween, I'd probably be more committed to figuring that out. (laughs) But, um, but now with the, you know, with, with the re theme and you know all the cool cases you know the that um 
I don't remember what the guy's name is, but uh, the dude who's collecting all the stuff, the, the David Bowie character Benicio guy. Del Toro is the actor. I can't remember the character either. But yeah. Oh, yeah. Why did, why did I say... Who did I just say? You didn't say David anybody. Bowie. He feels like David oh, Bowie to me. He does look a little that, David yeah, Bowie. Yeah, but Benicio Del Toro's character, uh, who is basically like uh, David Bowie. The Collector. Uh, I think he's called The Collector. The Collector. Let's yeah. collect. Um, <laughs> sorry, I had to get it in there. But yeah, just with the cases that are hanging overhead and the cases all along the walls. Um, I think I shared on a previous episode that I, you know, used to work next door to the guy who designed a few of those things uh, that are hanging like the gold sort of like eggs that are up in one of the cases. I got to watch him uh, make those. And then the masks that are on the walls when you're about to go into like the secondary rooms before you're you know transported back. Um, he made those and it's just cool to see what the process is for that. But yeah, it's again, it's the details. And when you go into the room and and then you've got sort of like the pre-show that that happens before the ride um, where you're, you're hearing about that they've been captured and all this stuff. And now you find out what the emission is about to be. Um, it's just Are you talking blast. about like the little room, the little, the little tiny the room. little library that have the twilight zone. Episode. Yeah. Where it's like, you were about to go back in time, like, or <laughs> whatever. Back in time whatever that guy said there and now yes. it's um what's rocket. his name the little, rocket the little fox yeah. um and how he pops up and he's like we're raccoon. out of here. he's a raccoon oh, is he, oh excuse me excuse me excuse me the the raccoon <laughs> the people will come for you come come at me hot folks uh the raccoon rocket i guess that's a better alliteration and he's like we're blowing this you know popsicle stand or whatever and then you go back sort of into like the bowels of the mine shaft with the pipes yeah. everywhere and there's a really fun little hidden item in there the the og yeti from the matterhorn is in there so next time you're in line i think you can only see it if you go upstairs to the left because there's like one route that sends you downstairs there's one route sends you upstairs but if you get the upstairs route and even if you don't just take a look for the big you know white yeti from uh from matterhorn is there which is really really cool uh everything about it just makes you feel like you are in a different world and you're about to go on an incredible adventure which is what that ride is um, and Tower of Terror was exactly the same thing. I, I used to love, I think maybe one of the more uh underrated parts of that Q experience were the cast members and just the way that they would just go all in on character development. Very dry. Yes. Yeah, they'd be like, enjoy. They'd be like, well, they they would like have little puns about like, thanks for dropping by, you know, or right, something yeah, like yeah. that. Or they'd be like, any questions as the door is like <laughs> shutting in front of you. Yeah. Like just, I love that aspect of it. So now it's guardians, which is, which is a ton of fun, but equally as awesome was when it was uh, the Hollywood tower of terror. And yeah, it's my number six friends. I like it. It's a good choice. I, I was thinking as you were talking about rocket, isn't it kind of amazing that cause it's voice uh, rocket is voiced by Bradley Cooper. And Bradley Cooper's like a list major movie star, and I feel like he doesn't get like associated when we think of Marvel, right? That character is such a huge part of the sort of MCU, but he doesn't really like when I think of the people in Marvel, I think of you know Robert Downey Jr. and um, Chris, whichever Chris, Chris, uh, which Chris is, Pratt, which, Chris, Chris Sisley, no, Chris, not Chris, Pratt, Chris, oh. who's Captain America, Chris, oh Evans. Chris Evans, Chris Evans. Um, but yeah, two people that are voices is Bradley Cooper is the voice of Rocket. And you know that Vin Diesel is the voice of Groot. Yes. So he just says, I am Groot. <laughs> and he makes millions of dollars. It's crazy. It's, 
but I think it just goes to show like how people want to be a part of those huge totally. epic films, even if it yeah. means like it's just my voice and I'm this raccoon. Still, still good, uh, yeah. Yeah, they, you could say you were a part of it, which is really, really cool. Love it, love it. All right, folks, that's going to do it here for this particular episode of the Disney Countdown Show. We will be doing uh, five through one of our cue list uh, on the next episode. With and a special Danny guest. Said, oh, yeah, special guest, uh, the Magical Millennial who's a Disney influencer, very popular, especially out here on the West Coast uh, with Disneyland content. Uh, So she will be joining us on the next episode, which is very exciting. Um, But as Danny said, make sure you rate and review, follow us on the socials, tell your friends about the show. And we're going to close it how we close every episode of the Disney Countdown Show by saying D-I-S, see you real soon. soon. N-E-Y, why? Because Because we we count count down. Disney Countdown Show. Bye, everybody. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye. Yeah.